I think I'm fine. What should we do? Hmm. <gasps> we should build a puzzle. That's a good idea. Let's go. Okay, and let's go and go do puzzle. Welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. Coming at you live from the basement. And I am 36 weeks pregnant. I'm so close to having this baby. Yeah, we thought we were having the baby the other day. Yeah, it was a really big scare because I was having genuine contractions that like literally woke me up out of bed. Yeah, which was very scary, but I want to recommend next time... Try not to start contracting at 5 a.m. It wasn't 5 a.m. It was 2 a.m., Douglas. We were up until 5.30 a.m., I think. Well, I was up until like 7 because I like after they started going down, I was like on an adrenaline rush. Like I just couldn't settle my mind because the biggest thing was that we didn't have anyone here for Gracie if we had to go to the hospital. It's very clear we want to have a home birth. We're planning on that 100%. But if I'm not full term and I'm not yet, then we're going to the hospital. I'm not like that gung-ho on home birth. Well, I, I think that our midwife, even said that in New Jersey you have to be past a certain 37 weeks. Yeah, 37 weeks or else you have to go to the hospital. Yeah, which is a really really big deal because I'm 36 weeks right now and Monday I turn 37 weeks and that's like a huge milestone because that means that then we can safely deliver our baby boy at home but not even just that, that also means that he is considered an early full term Yeah. or depending on like how you look at it, a late preterm but we're looking at it as an early full term. Either way, it's safe for the baby to be delivered at home at 37 weeks and so I mean of course I don't want that I still want him to be as close to his due date because the longer he's inside the safer he is from this <laughs> dangerous freaking world this is nuts this is absolutely crazy yeah it really is but I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole I think everyone needs a break from hearing about COVID-19 so yeah. we actually recorded the conversation that we had with my midwife the very first time we ever talked to her we recorded that conversation but before we share that with you I wanted to give a huge shout out honestly to all of you guys who are leaving five star reviews on iTunes because it just really brightens our days I mean we really genuinely read them all and it does I mean it really makes us happy so thank you so much yes so this week comes from scrapping teacher says first podcast I followed your story all along but never listened to your podcast actually any podcast at all so glad I joined in today it was like sitting down with YouTube love it exclamation point, exclamation point. Learned a ton about birthing too. Glad I'm done with babies too. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, we pretty much just talk about what's going on in our real life with you guys. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're so lucky to have friends out there who can relate to us and support us. We love you guys seriously so much, especially right now when it's just like such a crazy world out there and we can like literally feel your love. So thank you so much for that. It's a way to feel connected because we're not seeing people or too many people, I should say. Yeah. It's a nice way to stay connected because, oh my gosh, I, I always think about like, what if we didn't have social media or podcasts, even just like FaceTime? you know, for your family. It's like, I mean, I'm starting to go stir crazy now. We'd be waving to each other from across the street. I, I, I had to go out to see the midwife. One time I've been out in like three weeks just to go see the midwife. And I saw these cute little old ladies on their porches. They were definitely six feet apart. And they were just having a conversation with coffee yeah. on each of their porches, just chatting across the lawn. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so we wanted to share with you the actual conversation that 
we had with our midwife and the questions that we asked. Because if someone else out there is interested in hearing about why the midwives even deliver at home and like why they're passionate about it and also how they act, we were kind of tough on her as far as our questions because we wanted to make sure she would be prepared for everything and anything. And because we didn't know much, but also, you know, what comes across in this, if any of you are going through pregnancy now and having to make the decision between going to a hospital or having a home birth, this is a great way to hear how she protects herself, the measures that she takes, and then also some questions that we asked her because we were very, very nervous, still are nervous, but wanted to make sure that we didn't leave any stone unturned. Yeah. And unfortunately, I only thought to record the conversation like halfway through. And honestly, I only recorded it because I wanted to be able to listen to it myself. Like in case we had questions, I'd be like, oh yeah, what did the midwife say? I can't remember. I mean, we were so like knee deep researching everything. This was the very beginning about three and a half weeks ago when we called her. And what prompted it was that three nurses at my old hospital have actually caught COVID-19 and have been home. And, you know, they work on a labor and delivery nurse. I'm a labor and delivery nurse. So, and they're doing everything they can to prevent themselves and others from being sick and from spreading COVID-19. But inevitably, this virus is just so stinking contagious that it's just very difficult to prevent it. So it just got me thinking home birth, birthing center, I don't know what's the best option. And so we started off by calling this woman. Her name's Dina. She's a midwife who we have since hired. But this was our very first conversation with her. And we wanted to share it with you so that you could have just a real feel of a real conversation. We did ask her if it was okay if we shared it. Yeah, she did give us her permission. And you know, this is coming from someone that knew nothing about home birth. So this is kind of like that really immature sort of like not immature I not would in, say. like what I'm trying to say is it, the initial exploratory call where I didn't know anything so some of the questions that we asked were probably not so much offensive to her but I'm sure they were probably questions that she gets a lot yeah and I just think that it could be really eye-opening for those of you who don't know about home births also and for those of you who are researching every different option yourselves like I, I honestly would want to hear this conversation so I was like we should share this with everyone out there who might be interested themselves if you're also researching different midwives. And after this, we have the wonderful Becca Martinez. I don't know if you guys know who she is. I feel like a lot of people who follow me on Instagram. I do now. Probably follow her as well. Doug did not know her because he doesn't follow any woman, really. He better not. (laughs) Certainly not bachelorettes. Yeah, she was on The Bachelor and she actually has such an interesting story because after she was on The Bachelor, she started dating this guy. His name's Gray and she got pregnant within like a month, I think, or yeah. a couple months of within being... their first couple dates. Yeah. And so that wasn't planned. And she was like, you know, I plan on keeping the baby, but you don't have to be around. Like, I don't expect you to be a father if you don't want to be because they weren't boyfriend and girlfriend. They were just dating. Yep. I'm not going to spill the beans for the rest of her story, but it is an amazing story. I absolutely love their love story. I think it's pretty incredible what they went through to get to where they are today. That's a rocky start. Yeah, that is. Rockier than our start. Yeah, actually. I mean, we didn't have a baby. No, but they were thrown into this. Yeah. And then the other thing about her is that she had a birthing center birth with her first baby and now she's pregnant again and she plans on having a home birth. And honestly, when I chatted with her, I just wanted insight from a friend who has been there before. Like, please give me all the tips. Like, I don't know what the F I'm doing. So anyways. She was like a doctor the way she explained it. Like she she did a ton of research. Yeah, she did a lot of research. So I just think it's really interesting and I hope that you find it interesting too. Even though I, all I talk about is labor and delivery these days because I'm so close to having 
having this baby. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's an amazing interview with Becca Martinez. So stick around for that. But first, we'll, well have... Also, I do want to mention something. So for anybody that has followed us or followed any of the news, we have a very exciting announcement with couples, Cam. Yeah, so very exciting announcement. We're going to be filming our birth and we're going to share it on our YouTube channel, but also on Lifetime's new show, Married at First Sight Couples Cam. Yeah, they have nine couples in total. So the couples that stayed together, it's going to be like a home video, just catching up with what we're doing, what they're doing. You know, Jamie talks to Jessica sometimes and we actually found out because she works in the hospital. She actually got transferred to the COVID unit within her hospital, which is crazy. Yeah. So Jessica from this season of Married at First Sight, which by the way, I don't know if you guys watched the finale, but we have two couples who are still married, Derek and Katie, which gotta be honest, I like rooted for them hardcore. Like if you go back a few episodes, you'll hear me like rooting for them hardcore. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at that one because I thought Katie sabotaged it. Yeah, he's like the biggest saint. He'll forgive anything she does and love on her regardless, which is so amazing because quite frankly... I was very much like Katie in the beginning of our relationship, at least in the sense that like I was so guarded and scared. And I think that Katie's actions are coming because she's guarded and scared. I think that she likes the pushback. I don't know. I think she puts herself in those situations. She was pretty much really bitchy to Derek. <laughs> was I, I'll say it. Was I like that to you? No. No, because you were just scared. She's just got some ill intent with the comments and everything she did. I don't know if she has ill intent. I think that she wants a man who will literally like push her up against the wall, rip her clothes off and like, you know, like literally it sounds like she just wants like a sex fiend for a partner. I just wonder if everything would have been different if he said that he was in love with her or if he never revealed that he's never been in love, if that would have changed the course of their relationship through Married at First Sight. I just kind of feel like she would have probably found some other excuse because, I mean, his dreams are an issue. Whether or not he's been in love is an issue. I think that's what home to his high school girlfriend was an issue. It's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, him him talking loudly with Taylor was an issue. Yeah, she thought he was flirting with Taylor, which Taylor is also married to someone else. Like, what? But that doesn't always mean that they're exempt. But anyways, I don't think Derek (laughs) flirting with anyone he's trying so hard to get you to love him okay so they stayed married and so did jessica and austin and like doug said jessica's a nurse in a hospital and she is now on the covid unit so she's working like 60 hours and goes home and has to like strip at the door and just honestly the biggest shout out to the healthcare workers I know we already have said that but I just want to say it again like biggest shout out if you're a healthcare worker if you're a grocery store worker if you're a delivery driver all of those of you who are still working and you're putting yourself right into the battle zone or a software salesman no sorry you don't get any shout out you're safe at home All right. We're podcasting from our basement. We get no shout out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a hero. If you're safe at home working, God bless you for still having a job. Like we just found out my sister-in-law was fired. My sister was also let go. So now both of our sides of our family have lost a job due to COVID-19. That's the reality. Yeah. It's sad. It's really sad. But anyways, let's get back to topic. We're going to let you in on, like you're literally going to be a fly on the wall as we're talking and interviewing our midwife. And Doug asked her, how do you prevent contracting COVID-19 herself if she's in one home birth and then into another home birth and then into another home birth? Like, how are we to know that she's not going to spread this to us in our own home? These are the kind of questions that we asked her because you, yeah. I felt like we had to be really honest and blunt. So this is her answer. Here we go. So coming to the home... For the home births, you know, like shower before the birth, 
clean clothes right from my house to the client's home and then doing the same thing when I get home. So unfortunately, we're doing everything that we can, but I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I get your concern. I get your concern for sure. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's like if there's the same chance that this can happen at our home as opposed to a hospital, should something go wrong, a better place would be for to be at the hospital already than to have something happen here and then, you know, having to go to the hospital anyway, you know? It's like that's the struggle that I'm I'm having in my head is I get, I you know, like uh, like our, our germs and even when, you know, like Henley being around that's because it's, daughter. you know, our daughter – you know, being around the newborn, but, you know, if there's the same chance of this virus coming into our home as it is being in a hospital, I'd rather be in a hospital. Well, I understand. And I, actually, I think it's, there's less of a chance because there's less people in your home that's, than that's, in a hospital. That's what I was saying to my husband as well. And I, like I said, I'm a labor and delivery nurse. So I'm a huge fan of labor and delivery nurses and doctors and delivering at the hospital. But right now, mm-hmm. like every nurse has to go through the building. They mm-hmm. all, whether you're yeah. looking, they are coming and going and then they're going into your room. And right. it's just so hard because I'm sure they're trying their absolute, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're trying their absolute best to stay as like, you know, away from, co- of course they are, mm-hmm. but you can't avoid it. And that's how this is spreading. <laughs> is by exactly i mean they're going from patient room to patient room to the nurse's station where there's a bunch of people yeah to the cafeteria i mean it's you know and i understand um the one thing i do what hospital do you work at so i'm no longer practicing at a hospital but i worked at well i worked at columbia presbyterian which now isn't even allowing visitors for their deliveries i don't yeah. know if you're yeah, familiar. that's the other thing is that you know in yeah, a hospital no, there's the chance that i wouldn't be able to be there for the and delivery anyway absolutely. so it's like yeah and so then the other thing is so i mean then, that's Right, that's where the hospitals are going right now, although I did hear that some of the hospitals changed their policies and are now allowing a support person in with the moms. Yeah. I mean, I understand both Um, sides, honestly. Like, if they say that there shouldn't be a guest, then there shouldn't be because they're trying to help the patient and the newborn baby, like, quite frankly. So, but I understand the mom's side wanting a support person. I mean, it's just a very difficult situation, and so... That's why I started researching different options in general. And so, and I know that you've done... What are you going to do with your daughter when you have... Like, if you go to the hospital, where is your daughter going to go? She'd have to go to my in-laws. And I know that right now, the hospital that I'm delivering at, they wouldn't let the dad leave. Like, if he comes, he has to stay. He's not allowed to leave and then come back, which is a great rule to have, of course. But then then what about our daughter? (laughs) Like, we just leave her... It's just, it's, it's a big mess. And so I was thinking maybe I try an at-home birth or maybe a birthing center. And so I just wanted to reach well, out. Yeah. Okay. So for me, there's no trying. <laughs> it's not something that, you know, it's more of like a life choice and a commitment to having your baby at home. Like this situation that we're in with COVID right now is, is just bringing so many women to you know, want to deliver their babies at home out of fear, right? And right. fear is not the best motivator to choose to have your baby at home. Right. Good um, point. Yeah. And so in that place, if you're still fearful of home birth, being in your home, you're going to wind up in the hospital. It's so true. I 100% agree. Because same yeah. thing with a woman who doesn't want a C-section. Right. And then she ends up getting a C-section <laughs> exactly. because that's all she thinks mm-hmm. about is a C-section. I hear you. Exactly. And so... You know, my job is to 
talk with people and kind of say, like, weed out, like, okay, are we really going to be able to do this? Right. I couldn't agree more, truly. Like, you're 100% right. Uh, so, and I think, I, well, I mean, here's what you can do. You still have some time. You're how many weeks now? Uh, 33. Okay. Yeah. Here's what I suggest you do. Uh, I suggest you watch the, the documentary, The Business of Being Born. Okay. And I want you to watch some birth videos of home births. I want you to see the difference. Yeah, I mean, I because saw... Because I think you both need to see that. Yeah, I saw one on your Instagram that, like, kind of blew me away. Oh. And it's the woman that, The one like, in the car? Uh, no, but I'd love to see that. Oh. <laughs> no, the one where the woman... No, that one was really good. No, the one where the woman and her, her husband caught the baby. It was her third birth. Oh. And she didn't even, yeah. like, squeal. Like, it was just we- it was just no. almost surreal. Like, yeah. I'm sure that's not everyday examples, but, like, it was so peaceful no. I mean, and but serene. There, like, it's, that is birth. Like, that is birth at home in a nutshell. I mean, she tends to be very quiet anyway. Yeah. But, and... From their first baby, like he pushed me out of the way. He's like, I got this. Yeah, he's a, chiro- he's a chiropractor, you know. So yeah, I was like, yeah. all right, you do, you do this, <laughs> you know. And so their comfort is having us there in case something goes wrong. But it was so beautiful. I just yeah. said, I guess I'm just gonna video this thing because it's yeah, like, I got nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, um, it was really but, beautiful. You know, it's really beautiful, and and so, but watching other videos, I think, will be helpful for both of you, and after watching, if you're moved to really commit to having your baby at home, then we talk about, like, preparing your daughter, because I don't think she should, you know, no. the point of having your baby at home during all this time is, like, keep her close. Yeah. I don't necessarily want her, I'm just, I don't want to scare her. So I wouldn't want, and I'm scared that I won't, you know, sometimes it's painful. And so I'm scared I'll actually accidentally like squeal or something. And I don't want her to be like yeah. thinking I'm hurt or something. So we would. But it's all about preparing them, you know, like they learn fear from us as parents. Yeah. They don't know that if they are taught that birth is normal and these are the sounds that mommies make and that there's <laughs> blood and it's not like dangerous situation like blood comes out when a baby's born you know if we tell them very matter-of-factly they don't have fear around it that's true it's just the way it is i'm just scared i would be scared that she that i would end up getting anxious or something for whatever reason and then it would i get it i want her to not be scared at all but i wouldn't be opposed to her being of course i would love her to be kind of in there like maybe in the beginning I mean, or she something could be sleeping she could know? be she it could be like three o'clock in the morning so yeah. that's a good point I usually hope she... like women who have other children will labor during the night while their kids are sleeping really and oh i labor during the night anyways mm-hmm. with with her but i could see how that could be okay because you can't mother this baby that's coming while you're taking care mm-hmm. of your other child yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so I, well, we're definitely going to look at that documentary that you mentioned. Yeah, the business of being born for sure. Yeah, and then check that out. And then if you go on my Facebook page, then you'll find the car birth. That is amazing. They had their baby at the back of an Uber, and it's just like the best thing I. <laughs> and they somehow filmed it. The Uber guy, I guess he had a camera in the car. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if they gave him a good and rating. I hope they better give it as the bathroom. But he was just like, the way he was talking, we were like, oh my God, this guy's mother must have been a midwife. He was so good. He's like, you got this, mommy, you got this. Is it just the mom, not not the dad? No, the dad's back there too, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's pretty great. That's awesome. 
Yeah. Okay, so then the other thing I would ask, just logistics from it, is like, what is mm -hmm. the cost to have the at-home right. birth? So I will file insurance for you to be reimbursed, and I can send you information on that. But okay. when people transfer late, my fee is yeah. $6,000. Okay. And um, are you opposed to video being taken or like, you know, being no. on social media no, or anything of that nature? No. Okay. No, no, no. And then the other thing I was going to ask is, I saw that you have another midwife you work with. Do you both come? Yes, we try to both come. There's always two people that come to the birth. It's very important for me that there's someone for me and the, for you and the baby or dad if right. he passes out. Mm -hmm. So we always, you know, I try to have two people if there's time. Second babies come fast. Yeah, and my first one kind of came fast mm -hmm. too. The other question I had, a really big question, was what happens if I rip? Like, do you stitch me up? And I'll stitch you. You will? Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Wow. Okay. And then what yeah. What do you do for pain relief? I mean, uh, or I know that sometimes that you don't feel so much anyways because you just had the baby, but... Oh, no, no. Uh, I use lidocaine. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be that would just be cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. No. Okay. No. Yeah. So, okay. And then, obviously... Everything is sterilized. I carry oxygen. I do carry... You carry oxygen? And yeah. Oh, wow. And then Pitocin, obviously, for postpartum hemorrhage or methargen, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you are equipped if, like, God forbid, right? Like, yeah. Okay, and then and the other thing she said earlier in the call, I don't know if you heard, Doug, it was that like she checks the baby consistently, mm -hmm. and and she said if I'm three centimeters dilated and I'm I'm having D cell, the baby's having D cells, she's not gonna be like, oh, wait it out, you right. know, she'll tell us to go to the hospital. No. Yeah. But and I do a very thorough newborn exam after the baby's born. So once you have the baby, wherever you have the baby, whether it's on your bed or in a tub or whatever. Yeah. The baby goes from your body to your arm. Uh huh. Um, I don't cut the cord for an hour. For an hour, you said? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even if the placenta comes it's out? For the baby, yeah. Okay. It's just, I like to have that time for transition for the baby. If you're okay and baby's okay, you guys are tucked into bed for about an hour. Okay. You know, I come in, I lift the blankets, check to make sure you're not bleeding too much, go back yeah. and leave the room. Uh huh. And then um, after an hour, you know, we'll cut the cord duck and cut the cord or whoever. I do a newborn exam right there on your bed. If you need suturing, I'll suture you. Get you showered and fed and leave. Like, oh my God. you know, it'll be like, I was never there except you have a baby. Oh, oh my gosh. That sounds so, that honestly sounds so nice. Yeah. But of course. It's really lovely. Um, and so the other question I have, like for the baby. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even, I feel like my mind is all over the place mm -hmm. right now. Do you know what you're having? It's a boy, and we would have had him circumcised, okay, so but obviously, you, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're not doing that, <laughs> especially anyways. No. Yeah. No. I and want so, him circumcised. Yeah, but he, we, she can't even do that. I know. I don't know when we would do it. And so in that situation, you would have to find a pediatric urologist. Oh. Okay. And Thank you for letting me know. And all elective surgeries are on hold. Yeah, I honestly don't want to... I wouldn't want him to be circumcised in the hospital anyways right now. Like, I wouldn't want him to leave our room if we had him in the hospital. Exactly. So that's not even a big deal. I just hope that the... I just feel bad for him to... Yeah. But anyways, that's not... That's out of our control. <laughs> so anyways. Um, yeah. So you don't... Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Cord blood banking. Do you, have you ever done that before for your home birth? Yeah. Okay. Because sure. we might... We are looking into that. So... Okay. You know, that could be just making sure that's, like, something you do. And then, mm -hmm. oh, and so we have Cigna Health Insurance. Is that a health insurance that you take? 
Well, they may reimburse. It depends on it. All insurance plans really depend on policies. Okay. So we have to see that because I don't take insurance, but I'll file for you. So we'll okay. see what they reimburse. Okay. I wonder if there's a way I could call and ask, right? Because I would love to know that prior to. Well, it works out better when my billing company um, does the verification because they ask not in questions, but in codes. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so can I, maybe I could give you my health insurance information? Billing. Yeah, and then you could help. So they, you know, they ask the insurance language rather than like we would call and say, hey, do you have yeah. a So I can, I'll text it over to you when we hang up. Okay, perfect. Then I call them and then I give them the information. Is that what you mean? Yeah, you do everything online. Okay, cool. So I'll, I'll do that then ASAP. Yeah. And, okay. Oh, and the other thing is I saw, it seems like you bring like a tub or something with you. Do you bring that or does yes. someone buy that or... Uh, no, I will bring a tub. You would just need to get the supplies for that. Okay, so what, what would that include? You would just need to order a tub liner and get a brand new hose and a faucet adapter for the shower. Just out of curiosity, if we have a tub, do you think that that's just do as good? you have good? a big tub? Yeah, yeah, we have like a spa type tub in our bathroom. The only thing is that it's, I feel like it's not easily accessible for like people. If, yeah, like it's kind of, you can't I can walk send you a around picture it. of it. It's just kind of, I mean, like it's even, the wall. I, I'm going to send you a picture and you can tell me what you think. Send me a picture, yeah. I mean, I have a mom now. They have one of those big corner tubs. Yeah. Listen, one of my moms, they had a hot tub in their house. Like, her father-in-law, like, built this house around this hot tub. And so <laughs> she had her second baby in the middle of the hot tub, and I just rolled up my pants and got in. Like, okay. got to catch the baby. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. I, you know, I will accommodate myself to catch your baby wherever you are. But yeah, send me a picture because that'll give me a better indicator. Yeah, because if, if, God forbid, there is an emergency of some sort, I would, like, have you, I mean, can you be honest and tell me how often you've had an issue with, like, I don't know, a cord or, you know, there's so many things that could happen. Cord issues are usually not an issue that we see. Um, yeah. So, like, as far as, like, cord prolapse or something. Right. To me, that's not even that scary because then you just keep the baby's head up and you drive to the hospital and go go have a, a C-section. Yeah. Like, I mean, the things that, you know, the, the things that I tend to see a little bit more of are just babies that are a little bit slower to start. Yeah, okay. You know, so they're a little bit like to kip neck. So that's a rapid heartbeat, Doug. And, <sighs> or, you, you know, there was, there's a little bit of fluid in their lungs and yeah. that just takes a little bit of time to move through. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, like, my statistics are healthy moms and healthy babies. That's my goal. Yeah. Uh, in all honesty, have you had, you know, any fatalities? No. No? No. 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 Okay. No. That's good to know. That's yeah. like a big no. Mm-mm. Okay. No, and it's because I really feel like I... I'm like monitoring very closely. I've been doing this a really long time. Yeah, how long have you been, been doing this? My own horn, over 20 years. And so there is like, to me, I can read the situation without even like, you know, knowing that there's going to be a problem. I can tell if there's going to be a problem with the heart rate. If I'm listening in early labor, I know we're going to go to the hospital. How can you tell? Like by based on like D-cells or? Based on D-cells or rapid heartbeat. Like there's just... There okay. are indicators yeah. that when you're a homebirth midwife, you're really tuned into so that we don't have these problems. Like if I, if I have a client like from the beginning of the pregnancy, and this is where it becomes a little bit more challenging, right? Because I'm getting to meet you at, let's say, 34 weeks or whatever. Yeah. But I'm, you know, working with my clients from the beginning, working on their diets, you know, yeah. knowing them. And so 
you know, I know that they're eating really clean and, and healthy and not processed foods and things that can cause problems with the retained placenta, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So I the reasons that I've transported in the last year have been for post-dates. If we go mm. beyond 42 weeks, I have to transfer care. Okay. One woman had coleostasis, so we had to go in for that. Okay. Um, over a year ago, I had an undiagnosed spina bifida baby. Mm. And so once the baby was born, we went right to Jersey Shore. Gotcha. She's walking and she's totally perfect. Oh, good. Yeah, she's totally perfect. She's a miracle baby. And so, you know, it's just being like right on top of an emergency. And then I guess my other question would be like, what if shoulders get stuck? I'm sure you probably have experienced that, you know, inevitably. Yeah. Right. And so it's really about, you know, changing position of mom to get the baby out. Yeah. How much did your last baby weigh? Eight, two. And this baby seems to be bigger to me. Like just, uh -huh. he's definitely. And what did but you, I, but I had zero. how is your um, gestational diabetes test? Negative. Like everything is perfectly fine. I do want to be honest. I had a loss in the second trimester for my first, our first pregnancy. Just the baby. I my, Sorry. My, thank you. Yeah, my amniotic fluid. Like I don't know what happened. Honestly, they they call it a fluke. I don't even know. But um, oh. yeah. So that was obviously devastating. But it wasn't like, unfortunately, I almost wish that he. I wish that it was like chromosomal or something other than just my amniotic fluid. Like obviously just. Uh, yeah, that's like the worst. But anyways, it wasn't like he had an issue or I had an issue other than... How many weeks were you? Uh, 17 weeks and one day, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, I've had a very healthy pregnancy with my daughter after our loss. Mm -hmm. And then with this baby, everything's been great. We were just having struggles Good. like conceiving him so he did see a fertility specialist but we didn't even end up needing the medicine because on our appointment okay, there, the baby was like four weeks like it, we had just conceived so really oh wow yeah it was pretty amazing for us it was a amazing. great surprise yeah so you know i feel confident like i would never risk of course my you know, myself sure. and the baby but i feel confident that we're healthy you know and that this could be hopefully just like another beautiful home birth and yeah. I don't know. I, I do kind of feel confident, but my husband, he's not here right now. He went up to check on our daughter, but of course he's like nervous because he hasn't been exposed to it before. But anyways, I think what we're going right. to watch. I we'll, mean, I really think it's about, you know, just sitting down and talking with him and weighing out your options. Yeah. Because if he's a friend, you're going to feel that too. I know. I think we're going to watch the documentary together. And I think having this chat yeah. with you was really helpful. And I think, you know, I just want to be really honest with you. We have reached out to a birthing center, but it's an hour away. And my daughter came rather quickly, I feel like, right. um, for the first time baby even, you know. So I don't know. I have this gut feeling that I kind of want to do it at home. I, it was just so crazy because I would have never said that, you know, two weeks ago. But maybe this is just nature you know, saying something else. So anyways, I think that you guys just need a little bit of time yeah. um, and, you know, talk to the people at the birth center because that might be the better option for you more for Doug than you. Yeah. But then I think if our whole point is to avoid the coronavirus, then it seems like we would want less people around us and the baby. I want you to know if I need to transfer, I can't go in with you. Yeah, no, I understand that entirely, especially, you know, now especially now yeah but Doug may not be okay with that I think he would be okay with that like he would understand that a hundred percent because then you'd have to transfer okay you'd just be transferring care and then what happens as far as cost then like do we have to pay you and the hospital well then like yes well I mean my fees are paid by 36 weeks and they're 37 I'm extending it a week and then 
if we have to go to the hospital, then the difference is refunded. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I think we only paid a thousand dollars out of pocket, but it's got to be less expensive to have you come rather than go to the hospital, right? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, for me, for like from the beginning to like six weeks postpartum, my total fee with the discount, if you hired me from the beginning, would be seven thousand five hundred dollars oh, for everything. Wow. Whereas, like, yeah, I mean, it's you know, and some people like they have the ten thousand dollar deductibles, like it's yeah, it's still you know yeah. So, gotcha. and it's much more personalized care. It's a completely different experience. Yeah. So you see people like straight from conception, essentially? Yeah. You write to the labs and all that jazz? Yeah. Send them for ultrasounds. Oh, wow. Interesting. Absolutely. I, actually, I draw my own labs because I prefer to do that. But yeah. Oh. And it's just a different relationship. You know, it's like that woman in the video, that was their third baby with me, you know, yeah. and it's like, we're family to each other. It's not just like, I'm their midwife. Like, it's a very different experience. Okay. Well, Hi, babe. Your okay. Yes, we will. Thank you so much. Okay. I really appreciate You're this welcome. thorough call. Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. I feel better about a home birth now. Thank you. You do? I do, honestly. I really fell in love with our midwife after that conversation. Yeah, the fact that she wasn't pushy. She actually said, do research, do your own thing. She didn't say you have to sign up or, you know, she really threw the ball in our court, which I appreciated. Yeah, I really liked that she wasn't like, yes, you have to have a home birth. And yes, it should be with me. And she wasn't trying to get our business. Like she was kind of almost like, don't do a home birth if you think for any reason right. that it's not safe because let me tell you if you have any doubt about it then you're gonna probably end up at the hospital and that's like the kind of like an ongoing joke as nurses that women who come in with these like really fancy birth plans where they're gonna like meditate and you know just have no interventions whatsoever and all these things it's like inevitably it seems like they're the ones end up in the OR having a c-section because they're so stressed and they're trying to be in so much control over a natural process that you cannot control so I just really resonated with her when she said, listen, if you think for whatever reason that it's not safe or that you might end up in the hospital, then you should probably just go to the hospital. Yeah. I don't know. It sold me there because I was like, she is so right. She's clearly experienced. She answered all of our questions in the nicest way. And plus, she doesn't want to deal with people that are going to be nervous or scared because, you know, then it takes away from her part of the home birth. Well, and no, I think that I honestly think the only reason why she doesn't want to deal with that, Doug, is because... If you're nervous and scared while you're giving birth, it's it, only going to A, prolong your yeah. birth. It's going to B, make it more painful for you. And C, if you're angry and scared, angry. Like, <laughs> Are you if, angry that you're having a baby? No, like if you're like nervous and scared, you're going to tense up. And what happens then? Your blood pressure goes up, then your vessels contract. And then are you giving all the oxygen and vital nutrients to your baby through the placenta? I mean, not to go scientific on you, but that's the truth of the matter. I can't wait to eat the placenta. Yeah, I asked her. Silly. Yeah. Someone has reached out to me and asked if I wanted to have my placenta encapsulated so I could eat it. No. And honestly, if you guys don't mind letting me know if anybody's ever done that, I'm curious if it helps with the baby blues. They say it does. But anyways, before we bring on Becca, which I'm so excited to bring her on. So this whole week, we've been using ExpressVPN to binge how I Met Your Mother on yeah. Netflix Germany. At least Doug has. I haven't been. I mean, he's been watching it more than I have. And you may have heard of ExpressVPN from the privacy and security. Well, not many people know that you can actually stream videos through ExpressVPN and you can unlock shows and 
videos that are in other countries. Yeah. So you're not like just limited to what's available only in America. If you're in America or wherever country you're in, you can actually use ExpressVPN to binge multiple different shows in multiple different countries like the UK, Canada, Australia, France, Germany, like you name it. So, you know, if you're running out of things to watch on (laughs) Netflix, then. And also the value here is that ExpressVPN hides your IP address. So it lets you control all of the different places that you're going to it lets you control where you want these sites to think you're located. So it keeps the same security, the same privacy, and it also unlocks Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, Netflix. I mean, shows that you would normally watch, and this is just makes it ridiculously fast. Yeah, but the kicker to it is that if you watch everything that's available in America, then you can then say, I live in the UK, and then you have all the access to what's available on all those different services like Hulu, Netflix, YouTube, BBC iPlayer, all of those. You have all of those shows that they have in the UK. So it opens up Pandora's box really to like all the TV shows that you want to watch. And if you're someone that does watch movies, watch TV shows, definitely check it out. We do have a special link expressvpn.com slash HMCP where you get an extra three months of ExpressVPN absolutely free. Yeah, that's really awesome. So you can watch what you want and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash HMCP. All right, I think it's time that we bring Becca on. Becca's awesome. You guys are going to love her if you haven't already heard about her. We became friends via Instagram, really. I've become friends with everyone through Instagram. But I reached out to her kind of privately just to ask her about a home birth. And then I said, hey, you know, I want to have someone on the podcast to chat about this, to share it with everybody, like all my friends. And she was like, yeah, of course I'd come on. So without further ado, let's get Becca on. All right, so we have Becca Martinez on today. She's a former contestant on The Bachelor. She's the co-host of the wildly popular podcast, Chatty Broads. She has a daughter named Ruth, and baby number two is due one month after me. Let me tell you, Becca is a boss babe. She has like 10 jobs. She's got a toddler. She's super pregnant, and she's finishing up her bachelor's degree. I mean, I don't even know how she does it. (laughs) She shares about her sustainability journey, motherhood, and so much more with her followers. Becca is also in the midst of creating her own eco-friendly clothing line. She's here with us today to talk all things home births. Becca, welcome. Hello. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I love it. I mean, I'm not kidding. I think you're superwoman because I don't know how you're doing it all. (laughs) Thank you. You made me sound great. (laughs) You are great. Okay, so before we dive into home births, I want to touch on The Bachelor because, you know, everybody wants to know about your journey on The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ari was your bachelor, and Mm -hmm. he was obviously a little bit older than some bachelors, and you were only 22. I saw clips, but not the whole entire season, and I just have like a couple questions for you. First of all, because you were so young, like, do you feel like you genuinely fell in love with Ari? And also, who the heck is Tia? Because, (laughs) I mean, I've never heard of her, but she doesn't seem like a very good friend. Just saying. (laughs) Well, first of all, you know, reality TV, I'm sure, as you know, is so odd. And I fully went into it being like, this is just going to be a good time. We're going to have fun. We'll see what happens. And, you know, it's weird because, first of all, you're away from your phone and isolated from your family and friends who, like, know you. And instead, throughout that time, you're stuck with all these women and all you're talking about is, like, how obsessed you all are with this one guy. And it definitely gets in your head. You know, when you have this one man being the object of everyone's affection, it becomes a little bit competitive. And then also, you know, you're going into two or three hour sessions with producers for interviews and you're constantly talking 
talking about your feelings. I think that I genuinely thought that I was falling in love in that process. But I do think that once I was outside of the bubble of that experience, I was like, well, I don't know if that was so much the case. But I think in the moment, the feelings are very real. And I think it's really difficult to bring an inauthentic version of yourself to a reality TV experience like that one. Oh my gosh, I 100% agree. Like, right? The same thing happened to me. I was like, I really wasn't necessarily attracted to my bachelor. And Uh which I mean, I had issues with my husband. Clearly, I have like... Who knows, like, what my attraction is? You got to be, like, a freaking saint or something. But anyways, yeah, same thing. Like, I really wasn't attracted to him. And then while I was there, like you said, like, you're in a bubble and everything is like, he's, you know, your prince in shining armor. You're like, yeah, he is. Mm -hmm. I have to be the one. So, yeah, totally feel you. But, okay. It's a mind trip. So, for you, though, like, I mean, I was just straight up awkward on The Bachelor, anybody who saw it. But for you, I feel like the main (laughs) thing was you were 22 and... You were almost kind of like, I don't want to say attacked, but kind of by like all the women and especially this girl Tia kind of throwing you under the bus for being so young and not ready for love. And it's like, wait a minute, who are you to tell me if I'm ready or not? Right? I don't know. What was it like for you? I mean, I think it was pretty silly because there's been so many young people on The Bachelor. And obviously when you go on it now, you're seeing 22 and 21 year olds like all the time. And I really think that it was sort of a narrative that was pulled out of thin air. And honestly, none of the girls were talking about it that I knew of like up until I think there was like a lot of prodding and a lot of discussion about it by producers, you know, like, well, well, Becca's 22 and there's a 14 year age gap. What do you think about that? You know? And I think it was kind of a bug that was put in everyone's ear and everyone was sort of forced to talk about it obsessively. And so then I think it just became such a thing. And, you know, again, with the experience of reality TV, I think people get worn a little bit thin and get kind of desperate's not the word I'm looking for, but people get kind of like, especially when you come down to that final five or six, sometimes people are feeling insecure and are scrambling and are trying to like throw other people under the bus. It was definitely a very upsetting experience, especially because I felt that I was friends with pretty much everyone there. And then to have someone say something about me. And then what was most upsetting for me was at the time she turned it around and was like, well, I'm just looking out for him and I'm just looking out for you. <laughs> I love I'm like, when the no, girls that's say not that. the case. <laughs> Like, I know it's such bullshit. It's like, no, you would have come and talked to me if you were like trying to help me. But you almost get caught up in the competitiveness because, you know, when you get down to it, it's what's going to make me stand out and what dirt do I have on somebody else to make them look less attractive than me? Yeah. If your age is the biggest thing that comes out of it, then you're probably a pretty good person. (laughs) If that's what people have to say about it, I know. That's actually so true because let's be honest, there's been a lot of scandals coming out from The Bachelor. Oh my God, I know. I know. It all seems very tame in comparison to these recent seasons. Yeah. You were considered a fan favorite at that point. And I know that there was some follow-up maybe even for, I think it was The Bachelor in Paradise, but you actually found love afterwards. But Mm -hmm. also it's kind of a unique story. You have a baby on the way. Can you share with our audience a little bit how you guys got together and just that story? Yeah, totally. So I met him through mutual friends. We were in the rock climbing community together. He worked at the gym that I climbed at with a bunch of friends. And I had always seen him from afar. I thought he was really cute. And then we met, I think, in February 2018 while the show was airing. And we just really hit it off. And we're still in this sort of casual dating phase. And then three months into our relationship, I got pregnant. And that was... 
shocking and terrifying. And when you're talking through all your options with someone you barely know, it's so not only stressful, but just so scary because you're looking at like, okay, if we're having this baby together, we don't even know each other. Like what kind of parent are you going to be? Like, it's hard enough when you're going through it with a partner that you've chosen for like years and going through that transition. But with someone you barely know, it's like, okay, what are we bringing this child into? Are we going to end up together? I have two half siblings and I knew firsthand what it was like them having to go back and forth between houses and it's not an ideal situation to put a child in so that was really scary and then of course you're right in the middle of the public eye because it was right after the show ended did you have to stay off of social media at that point like could you even announce that you guys were dating uh Let's see. I mean, I think I could, but also before I got pregnant, I was like, are we going to continue dating seriously? Am I going to go on Bachelor in Paradise, which filmed in June? So just going through all that, we weren't even sure if we were going to stay together at the point when I got pregnant. So it was a rocky start for mountain climbers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was a very rocky start. He's so clever. I love making Jamie roll her eyes and shake her head. I literally just rolled my eyes like, come on, Doug. (laughs) I know whenever we have my boyfriend on the podcast, I'm just like, shut up. Like half the time, he's always trying to make some sort of smart ass remark. So yeah, that was just crazy. And because of that whole situation, I don't think I announced that I was pregnant until like September. I said I wasn't going on paradise. And I think I shared that Gray and I were dating, but I don't think I even shared that I was pregnant until I was maybe 20 or 21 weeks. Wow. So what was that conversation like? And what made you feel confident to stay with him? Obviously, I'm sure (sighs) there's I mean, actually, are there a lot of things? I feel like that, that's such a situation that a lot of people don't want to see themselves in. And, yep. you know, like you said, it's a scary situation. And I have yeah. to commend you, too, because you've been public about not having kind of that fairy tale beginning, but also seeking therapy, which I think is unbelievable and, and probably paramount for the relationship that you guys had. But to openly talk about going to couples therapy, I think it's just extremely brave. And also to openly talk about the fact that you guys only knew each other and only casually dating. You weren't even sure if you're going to stay with him and then, oops, you yeah. know, I'm pregnant. I just love that you're so candid about this because you're not the only one, you know, you're really no. not. Far from it. I think half of babies are unplanned. And of course, a lot of people are married or are in relationships, but a lot of people aren't. And yeah, it's terrifying. I will say that when I got pregnant, I feel like I have a pretty strong connection to my gut instincts. And I just knew no matter what happened with us, I somehow just knew that he was going to be a really, really fantastic dad. And I was not wrong about that. He is such an incredible dad. But I sort of knew that. I was like, you know what? No matter what, if we don't work out. I mean, that's what he told me. He was like, look, uh, oh my gosh. I mean, it was crazy. He was like, do I want to have this baby right now? No, this is not my plan. He had just began breaking ground for his business of opening his own climbing gym. You know, he's like, I'm not financially stable right now. I'm in the middle of opening this business. You know, like this all seems wrong, but also I want to be a dad. And he basically, I was like, you know, you can dip and I will handle things on my own. And he was like, oh, no way. Like, there's no way you're going to get rid of me, basically. He was like, I'm going to be there every step of the way. And he was very committed. Like, I will be 100% a part of this child's life because I'm definitely not going to be a dad who dips out or who is absent. And so he made that really, really clear. I just knew that my child was going to have a good father regardless. 
because mm-hmm. of what happened with us. And so that definitely makes things easier. But honestly, the reason we stayed together is we were sort of like, I mean, we didn't admit it to each other at the time, but we've talked about it since we've been in a better place. And both of us were like, not very happy in the relationship. And we're like, well, I guess we're going to move in together and just figure this out because what else are we going to do? You know, and we even had conversations like, well, you know, if we break up after the baby's born, like we should probably still live together so we can help each other. And we were having conversations like that, which is so just crazy to think about now, just going through this second pregnancy, because it was just not, it's not fun. And you're not having these like just special romantic moments where you're just like cuddling on the couch and he's holding your belly and like all that kind of, like we just weren't really experiencing that together when I was pregnant with Ruth. So that was hard. I'm not going to lie. I got teary though like whenever he said to you you're not going to get rid of me like I'm going to be there every step of the way I mean I could fall in love with a guy like that I can see how you fell in love (laughs) yeah Yeah. and I was like well I feel safe knowing that and I did know that he was going to be there every step of the way so and we never had malicious feelings for each other so we even had conversations like you know if we're not working out we should live like right next to each other I don't know what was the turning point for you guys when did it kind of finally set in like this is going to be a forever type of thing. I don't think I ever had like a moment where I knew like it was going to be forever. It's sort of something that's developed over time where all of a sudden we kind of looked at each other and we're like, oh yeah, I guess we're staying together and we're pretty happy and this is for the long term. But honestly, everyone talks about how the first year of baby is the hardest. The first year of our relationship was the hardest. And it was like the minute Ruth was born, it felt like everything changed between us. And mm-hmm. like seeing the love that he had for her and sort of us both recognizing that we created this together and supporting each other throughout those first few months it just bonded us so much and she just brought so much joy yeah it's hard having a kid but she didn't bring very much difficulty into our relationship she made things so easy because she gave both of us a lot of peace and a lot of joy and she's just sort of always been like I guess just our oasis you know when we're with her together we can just laugh and just smile and know that we're sharing in this experience of bringing her into the world and growing with her. Yeah, Jamie and I can relate to that because we weren't at the best of places while she was pregnant with our daughter, Henley. And we were almost at the point where it was either therapy or split. And then, you know, I sort of had this turnaround in my head and Jamie gave me some ultimatums. But, you know, she she brought us together and it does. It makes couples stronger, not all the time, but it certainly helped us. Yeah, I don't want to say that it always makes couples stronger because, you know, for everyone listening, like, don't think you're going to go out and have a baby and then your baby daddy's going to stay and you're going to fall in love. No, don't just bring a child into your mess, you know. It always works out. Have babies. It makes you stronger. (laughs) No, we're not (laughs) preaching that message. Oh, no. But anyways, I am so excited to kind of dive into this whole home birth topic because you're kind of actually I don't think I've met one person in real life that has had a home birth or like a birthing center birth. I'm sure that I have that just didn't share it with me. But if I'm thinking about like who I could talk to for like any tips or recommendation, because you know, we're weighing all of our options really. But the first person that popped in my head was you. And actually when I shared about on Instagram, a lot of people were like, oh, you have to talk to Becca. You have to talk to Becca. And I was like, all right, she clearly knows what she's talking about. So just like changing topics here now, because I would love to get your experience. I think you had a birthing center birth with Ruth. Is that right? Yes, I did. So first of all, what made you decide to have the birthing center type of delivery? And also, how was that experience? Yeah, so 
I don't know why, but before I even got pregnant, I was following a lot of birth accounts for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Like Empowered Birth Project and Carriage House Birth. Girl, you put it out into the universe. (laughs) Yeah. So I was already interested in pregnancy and birth. And I just sort of knew because my own personal experience, like personal issues I've had and having to see multiple OBGYNs and not being necessarily taken seriously by people in the medical world and not feeling like I was trusted with knowledge about my own body. I felt like I wanted to be in an environment where my knowledge about my body was trusted. So that was kind of like the first thing I had in my head is I was like, I'm not sure if the traditional route is necessarily right for me. And I was also just interested in this world of sort of alternative birth. And so I didn't really know what I wanted, but I knew I wanted something that was different. I just didn't feel right. Also, my mother, when she gave birth to me, decided to have an unmedicated experience in the hospital. And it was really traumatic. She was in labor for over 30 hours and she um, wasn't allowed to leave the bed, wasn't allowed to eat or drink. So she was exhausted and pushing on her back and ended up having a fourth degree tear and a lateral episiotomy. And after which she elected to have C-sections because of how traumatic that experience was and us talking through it and looking at research, you know, realizing maybe if she was allowed to move into different positions or eat and drink, like her experience could have been very different and her healing process could have been very different. And so kind of all of these different factors in my head were like, I want to see what else is out there. And I was reading this book called, I think it's called Mama Natural's Guide to Pregnancy. It has a very like granola name, but it's actually a really practical guide that just takes you week by week. At this week in your pregnancy, you should start looking at your options. And they laid out very specifically, like, here's your options at a hospital with the OBGYN. Here are options with midwives. And so I just sort of dove into researching all of that. Was that before you got pregnant, you were reading these books? No, at that point, I was pretty early in my, I mean, I found out I was pregnant actually before I got my period. So I found out when I was technically like four weeks pregnant. How did you do that? Five weeks. How did you figure that out? Well, so when we had our quote slip up, I knew that I was probably ovulating. So it was already Uh. kind of on my radar, like I could possibly be pregnant. And so I took a test two days before I was supposed to get my period and it came back very positive. Wow. Yeah, I know, which is pretty crazy talking about people's struggles with infertility and being like, yeah, it took us one shot and here we are. I think that's just the universe giving you guys, I don't know, a little bit of a high five. Like, okay, here's a little extra time. I'm telling you about four weeks. Here you go. Now go get ready. (laughs) Yes. So I was already doing a lot of research at like six or seven weeks. I couldn't even go in for my first appointment really until I mean we went and got an ultrasound somewhere at six or seven weeks but I couldn't even go into my first checkup for like another several weeks so how soon after the test did you tell gray oh I called immediately and he was at work and that was just that's the best place to tell guys right I know (laughs) (laughs) yeah real fast what was his reaction because I'm sure he was shocked right You know, it's funny because his very first reaction was like, I don't know if he told me then or later. He wasn't mid-climb, right? (laughs) No, but actually he was 
setting routes at the climbing gym. So he could have very well just gotten down from the wall. But (laughs) he said that his first reaction was like he broke into a really big smile. And then he was just like, you know, holy F. And then later when I was like, yeah, I want to have the baby. He was like, okay, let's have a conversation about this. And that's where the (laughs) drama really started. But the first time we were just both kind of like, well, it was crazy. But yeah, so then I just started looking. I felt like a birth center would be a nice in-between option. We were living in a pretty small apartment at the time, and I wasn't really sure if I just even wanted to have a home birth there. And I also wanted like a nice middle ground between a hospital and a home birth. And I more than anything wanted to just have an experience with midwives. And there wasn't a hospital nearby to our house that had midwives because, you know, midwives also work out of hospitals all the time. And um, there wasn't any of those hospitals nearby that I knew of. So I was like, okay, a birth center sounds good. And there's been some studies. There's so many reasons that I could go into of why like studies are really difficult. And I'm sure you know, as a you're an L&D nurse, correct? Yeah, to be honest, I was like, oh, no, I do not want a home birth. I didn't ever even really think of a birthing center. But I was like, my whole birth plan was literally to get to the hospital and get an epidural and just relax and have a baby. So yeah, this is I, all... think, I, mean, I think that's the place that most people are coming from. I think that's pretty normal. And I know that it must be really scary as an L&D nurse and as an OBGYN, you're seeing a lot of times like the scariest situations of people coming into the hospital if there is a home birth transfer. I always hear people being like, well, did you ask your doctor about a home birth? And I'm like, well, doctors are super knowledgeable, but they're also the person that's probably like scarred the most about it's like so true. home birth, you yeah, know? So uh-huh. it's like, I don't know very many doctors who are going to be like, that's a great idea. I think you should do that. But anyways, to operate a birth center, you have to be a CNM or basically a registered midwife. So a registered nurse midwife, which you have to have either your master's or higher and, you know, go through a whole medical program. So birth centers have to be operated by those midwives. So there's different types of midwives. Well, it depends what state you're in, but like in California, there is certified midwives who have to complete a special midwifery program that I believe is usually two years, but you can do it, I think, with the minimum of an associate's degree and then the two-year program. And then there are, I believe, lay midwives that are in some states allowed to practice who don't necessarily have a certification. So when we're talking about midwives, it's like there's a broad range of who this midwife could be, which is kind of difficult when you look at studies on home births because a lot of studies are just talking about home births with midwives and that doesn't really differentiate between the accreditation of the midwife, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you look at studies that are just with registered nurse midwives, or CNMs at a birth center, a lot of times the outcomes are just as good, if not better than hospitals when the women are low risk. But anyway, I felt pretty safe at the birth center, especially because it is right next door to Cedar sinai which is one of the biggest hospitals in Los Angeles and literally next door. And That's my comforting. midwife also had full privileges at the hospital, meaning that she could even assist in a C-section if that was to be the case. So that just made me feel super at ease. She had also worked in a hospital for 15 years in Romania. I believe she's in her 60s and she's been delivering babies since she was in her early 20s. Her name's Simona at the natural birth center. And how did you find Simona? How did you guys decide on a midwife? Well, we looked on Yelp at birth centers. 
<laughs> actually that's where we started is looking on Yelp at birth centers and we found that one that was close to our house and we went and interviewed her and felt really safe she has a little bit more of a medicalized approach as a midwife because of her hospital experience but that was really great for me as a first-time mom I wanted yeah. like I said kind of that middle ground and I feel very secure I think in that experience so we decided that we felt really good and just after that first interview, decided to move forward with care at that birth center. That's amazing. Okay. And so now yeah. with the second baby, you're due in June. And yes. there's like so much going on right now. It's crazy time to be pregnant and be like so far into our oh, yeah. pregnancy because of, you know, obviously everything that's going on. But I heard through the grapevine that you're thinking of a home birth this time around. Is that right? Yes. Yes. This time we are doing a home birth. And I am working with a different midwife because we have moved. And she is a certified midwife. And yeah, this experience actually with this midwife has been really different because, I mean, she is very experienced. She's been a midwife for, I believe, 10 years now. Her name's Lindsay. And she's Hi, Lindsay. fantastic. Dad, out she's, Lindsay. <laughs> she's really fantastic. But, you know, one of the things I love about midwifery practices in general is you get such a personalized level of care. So every time you go in for one of your checkups, you are getting the same person. I mean, sometimes if we wanted to, our appointments would last over an hour and we would just be chatting and I'd be asking questions and I never felt rushed. I always felt so taken care of. And the wonderful thing too, is that I knew who was going to be at my birth. And that was something that I just personally felt uncomfortable with in the hospital. Sometimes right. you don't know whether or not your doctor who you've been seeing is going to be there, you know? Yeah, that's and the case so, a lot so, of times. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes someone will be delivering your baby who you've never met. You could have an absolutely fantastic, wonderful nurse, which I think most of them are. But then there's sometimes people get experiences where they don't feel supported and it can be kind of a gamble. And it was really lovely for me to know that my midwife was there, who had been there every step of the way, was going to be there for me when I gave birth. And we had established such a relationship and foundation of trust. And she knew exactly what I wanted and I knew exactly what to expect from her. And it really gave me such a feeling of safety and security then going into my first birth experience, which I think is probably, yeah, I don't know, going into this, this second birth since I've done it before, it's kind of like, I just did this like a year ago. We yeah. got this. Like, it's kind of. Did you do an unmedicated birth at the birthing center? Yes. Yeah, so at the birth center, you don't have any options for traditional pain management. Gotcha. Sometimes they will have nitrous oxide as an option. I'm not sure if they had it at that birth center. But yeah, that's actually fun fact. Like the number one reason of transfer to a hospital is not really emergency situations, but maternal exhaustion. And so a mom needing an epidural yeah. or because, you know, especially with first labors, it can be so long and so hard. But that's the number one reason of transfer. It's not emergency situations. It's just needing some help. Yeah, absolutely. How, yeah. I was going to quickly ask, how long was your labor? Because I know you said your mom with you and you were the first. It was 30 plus hours. How long was yours with Ruth? Well, yeah, mine was over 24 hours. It was pretty long. And you did it unmedicated? You are a mm -hmm. superwoman. I swear to goodness, you are superwoman. 
Well, so I did a lot of preparation before the birth, a lot of mental preparation. Okay, real fast. I don't want to interrupt you, but tell me what is the mental preparation? Because I think I need it. (laughs) Yes. So I'll give you like all the resources after this too. I'm going to send you like so many links. Oh my God. Thank you. One of the first books I read, which some people don't like, it might be a little bit too granola hippie for them, which I totally get. It resonated with me a lot was I May's guide to natural childbirth. And you'll hear a lot about this in the unmedicated birthing world and midwifery world. The first half of the book is just telling positive natural birth stories, which is so important because we're so scared a lot of times going into pregnancy and birth because we see scary images on TV and movies and we hear scary stories and there's so much fear that we're inundated with. And so sort of rewiring your brain to say like, oh, our bodies have been doing this for thousands of years. And sometimes we do need help. And that's incredible. But a lot of times we don't. And our bodies can do this on their own. We just let them. And if we can just let things progress and be in a state of comfort and peace and relaxation rather than fear. So one of the things that really helped to reframe going into the birth for me was So, you know, when you break your arm and you're in pain, right, that's the body sending a signal to you that, hey, something's wrong, right? Like my arm's about to fall off. There's an issue, like you are hurt or you are injured. But there's this idea of the pain of childbirth being like this pain or the discomfort of progress and sort of reframing that in your mind of when you're feeling the discomfort of labor, It's your body doing what it's supposed to be doing. You're not being injured. There's nothing bad that's happening to you. It's your body moving baby out. That was something I sort of meditated on a lot. Not literally because I get really bored with meditation, but it's something I thought about a lot while pregnant is, all right, when I experience this discomfort, instead of stiffening my body and resisting, I have to instead let myself relax and surrender basically to this progress that my body will be making to bring the baby down. And I experienced this firsthand during the birth. When you're fearful, your body tenses up, right? Your muscles tense up, you hold your shoulders and your neck tight and your lower body too that is trying to open will tense up. And that friction against your body that's trying to open and trying to expand creates more pain, right? So if you're resisting this expansion, you're going to be experiencing more discomfort. So even when I was pregnant, I would just practice little things like in the car, I would kind of tap into my body and be like, whoa, you're holding your shoulders up high. You're tensing your neck. Okay, relax, surrender, let your body. And I would kind of just practice that a lot throughout my pregnancy. That's really smart. Um, Yeah. And it really, really helped because I wouldn't call contractions contractions. I called them while I was in labor moments. So I'd say I'm having a moment. That's probably smart too. That also... (laughs) That helped me reframe it because people say there's nothing you can't do for a minute. And so I would just tell myself, this is only a moment. And you know, because you've experienced it, when a contraction stops, it stops. Like that's a break you get in between where you're suddenly like back to normal, which is so crazy. Like, you know, (laughs) even when you're eight or nine centimeters dilated, like when you're in between contractions, you're like a normal person again. And it's so bizarre. That was a crazy thing to watch as a husband was, you know, even going through, it's like, like as soon as you have the baby, it's like all of the pain and everything that you're going through just kind of goes away. Oh, yeah. It's nuts. Was there anything that kind of shocked you going through this experience or what would be the best advice that you would have if someone's trying to prepare themselves? I would say have a plan, but try to let go of expectations. 
I don't know if that makes sense. That, no, that but... makes perfect sense. And that's really, that's whether you're in a hospital delivery or any Absolutely. delivery. Oh yeah. no, this is exactly any situation for sure. And I think it's important to know what you want and what's important to you. And yes, this is not just having an unmedicated birth. This is across the spectrum. It's a rite know of passage impo- according to all the videos that I've been watching. <laughs> Never mind, yeah, Ted. So- <laughs> So know how you want things to go. And and I think do research to find out what are the best options for you and your family, but let go of your expectations that that is how it's going to go. I don't really agree when people say like, oh, I just don't want to have a plan because you never know what will happen with birth. I'm like, well, I had a plan of how I wanted things to go if I had to have an emergency C-section, you know? Sometimes having that plan reduces your fear because if you have a plan in place, knowing that it could be altered or adjusted at any time and being flexible with that, it really helps reduce your fear, which then helps reduce your anxiety, which then helps you follow through with your original plan, quite honestly. Yep. And I think make whoever's with you, your partner, very familiar with what you want and what's important to you. And I think also know why things that are important to you are important to you. And so I don't know why it was important for me personally to have the unmedicated experience. And I told my mom and I told my boyfriend, I said, don't let me like if I'm like flailing and I say I want to, you know, transfer to the hospital. I was like, don't let me because this is important to me. And I know that and I don't want that to the change when I'm in the middle of having an emotional episode. But I didn't. Did you get to that point? No, I really didn't. Are you planning on doing a water birth with this one? Uh, So we do have a birth tub that we will be filling up. But if there's one thing I learned in the first labor, you kind of just got to go with what you feel in the moment. When I got in the tub, you get in it fairly close to the end because if you get in the tub too early on, it can slow your labor because your body gets so relaxed. You kind of just like can stop contracting sometimes. But it felt so amazing. People call it the midwife's epidural because you're (laughs) just like enveloped in warmth and your body can just relax. And there's some evidence that show it could reduce your risk of tearing and make the actual delivery and pushing easier. Did you deliver Ruth in water? I did. Yeah. Okay, I guess I didn't really fully understand your first story. I didn't know you delivered her in water. That's amazing. Okay, so I went into labor at home and I kind of knew I was in labor because I lost my mucus plug and had my bloody show and kind of like everything all at once. And I pretty much just like labored with my mom at home and Gray was there too. But in that moment, I was like, I need my mom. And it really is so nice to have like a female presence who gets exactly what you're going through. So we labored pretty much all through the night. And every time I would have a contraction, I would get up out of bed and I would walk to the bathroom and I would sway in the bathroom and I was doing like low, deep moaning and I'd sit on the toilet and then I'd go back and get in bed until the next contraction. And that's kind of how I did it for hours. And then finally, (laughs) finally got to the point where my mom and boyfriend were like, I think it's time to go to the birth center. And I had been holding off because I was convinced in my head. So I hadn't been checked at all yet. I don't even know how long I was into active labor at that point, but it had been maybe like 24 to 30 hours since my early labor had started and probably like maybe 13 or 14 since active labor had started. So I was convinced that I was probably like four or five centimeters dilated and I hadn't been checked yet. And when we got to the birth center, I was like, 
don't even tell me when you check me. I don't want to get discouraged. That was really big for me. I didn't want to know how far along I was because I didn't want to get in my head because I knew like, yeah, you could be at a five, but for some women, you could be at a five and 45 minutes later, you could be at a 10. Like that can happen. So I was like, I don't want to get in my head. Just don't even tell me, but check me. And when she checked me, I was nine centimeters dilated with a bulging bag of water. Yeah. (laughs) And so when she checked me, my waters broke and I was like, okay, that's interesting. And she still didn't tell me. And then I asked my mom, I go, when can I get in the birth tub? And she goes, oh, she said you can get in the birth tub right now. And I was like, oh, that must mean I'm close. Like that must be, and so I, that made me really happy. I still didn't know, but I was like, that must mean I'm close. Okay, yay. And I was so obnoxious. I looked at my boyfriend and mom and I know there are so many women listening who are probably gonna kill me. And I go, this isn't as hard as everyone says it is. <laughs> and it was just <laughs> so obnoxious. But in that moment, I really felt it. I think that's the positive about having a long labor is that your body's slowly opening. So control contractions can be a lot less intense when you do have more of a slower progression. But the pushing was really hard. That part, I'm not going to lie, that part sucked. So I got in the tub and I was trying to push in the tub and then we got out of the tub and then I tried to push outside of the tub and then got back in the tub. I was scared. I was scared to push out the baby. That was the one part where I was like, I don't want to tear. Like, this is the part where I actually can get injured, you know? Because before I was like, I'm not being injured. I'm like, oh, this is the part where I could actually get injured. It was so funny. I was like lying to the midwife and being like, nope, I'm not feeling a contraction. I don't have to push. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just did not want to. And then finally I had like a come to Jesus moment where I looked at the ceiling and I was like, look, you got to get this baby out. You got to just do it. And a few more pushes later and and she came out in the water. And Did you catch her? uh, My boyfriend caught her. Oh my God. Yeah. And he said he didn't even want to be in the room. And then in the moment he was on the other side of the tub with the midwife watching everything go down, caught the baby. And that was really cool because that's the cool thing about a birth center. And you can have this experience in the hospital too, as long as you're being supported. But, you know, the baby was right on my chest and I got to just sit with her on my chest for 10 or 15 minutes with no rush. You know, obviously everything was okay with her and she was crying and breathing well. And I just got to sit there in the water with her. It was so cute. He had his shirt off and was doing skin to skin with her. And (laughs) then they checked her out, but did that very kind of like slowly. There was no rushing her away. And then she immediately got to go right back on my chest. And then at a birth center, you get to go home if everything's good in three or four hours. So that's nice. (laughs) I took a nap and went pee and they kind of gave us like the rundown and they went and checked on me maybe like less than 24 hours later at home and they did like a couple more home visits in the next week which is so awesome to have someone come check on you in your home and weigh the baby and do all that kind of stuff yeah so those are kind of like the big differences we got to go home right away and we got to have a very peaceful quiet experience and when the baby came into the world you know it was just the midwife and her assistants and my mom and and Grayston and all my family got to sit in the little living room set up right outside. And so they got to be there. And it was just, obviously, you wouldn't want to do that right now with yeah, COVID-19. It's, such a, it's such a scary time. I think people need to remember this, too. I don't think you should ever choose a birth option out of fear. I don't think you should choose a home birth because you're so fearful of going into a hospital and contracting coronavirus. Like, if that's your motivation, I think you might want to rethink things. I don't know. I think you need to dig down into your 
gut and feel what's right for you. And I also think like, of course, things that are so important to consider, like, you know, is whether or not you're low risk. And since you had an uncomplicated vaginal delivery with your first, your chances of having a successful safe home birth are so much higher, even than first time moms. Exactly. So, you know, there's so many factors that go into it. But I think like at the end of the day, you really have to figure out just what's right for you and your family, whatever that may be. Yeah. Most of the fear is just the education part and not knowing what is happening, what it is. And, you know, I yeah. always left it up to Jamie, whatever she felt comfortable with. Do they have mid husbands? Tug. No, I don't think so. Actually, that's a good question. <laughs> you know what? I could see. I'm actually, that's actually interesting. Yeah, that is. <laughs> there is actually an OBGYN in Southern California. He is kind of like famous in the birth world. His name's Dr. Stu, and he does actually do home births. And he Uh-oh. does like breech births and twin births. At home? Um, at home, yeah. What? Yeah, Whoa. he's pretty cool. But yeah, he's an OBGYN who works out of a hospital and also does home births. Wow. Oh my goodness, Becca. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for such a long time and sharing in depth like so many different things. You've been such a fun and interesting guest. I'm so happy that you're on. <laughs> I hope some of that was helpful. But <laughs> Very, very much so. And congratulations. And we wish you a safe and healthy and, and happy second birth. I know. I can't yes, wait to see you it. you too. Wait, so did you film your first birth with Ruth? Yeah, I did. I did. Is and it on you YouTube? can see it. It's on YouTube and it's actually also on my Instagram, on my IGTV. Oh my God. I'm going to go um, to your IGTV and watch this now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So it's the birth photographer was only there for like the last three hours. So you're seeing the very end of everything. Do you know the sex of your baby? We do. Are you keeping it a secret? You know, I actually haven't intended to keep it a secret, but I wanted to do some sort of like cute. I mean, you know how it is. I want yeah. to do some sort reveal of cute. it here on, on Marriage Cool <laughs> That'll be the best teaser for the episode ever. Yeah. Becca Martinez so is I sharing. To like a, I wanted to do a cute photo and I'm just lazy now. And so that's the reason I still haven't announced it because people are like, why are you keeping a secret? I'm like, honestly, it's nothing big. I just want to do a cute photo and I yeah. haven't. I think that's so sweet. And I can't wait to see your picture on Instagram. Where can everybody find you if they want to, you know, A, see your home birth on your IGTV oh, yeah. and like Chatty Broads. I know that's like such a hugely popular podcast and I can see why now because <laughs> you're so fun to talk to. Uh, where can everyone you. find you? Okay, so Instagram at Becca. I spell it weird though. It's B-E-K-A-H, like Rebecca in the Bible. Fun fact, the original Rebecca spelling. (laughs) So at Becca on Instagram, Chatty Broads podcast, which is on both YouTube and wherever you can find your podcasts. And that's about it. Those are kind of the two best places to find me. Gotcha. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I'm personally going to go over to your Instagram right now (laughs) and watch that home birth because I'm so obsessed with watching home births now. And tell Gray we said hello. I will. And thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. You can come back anytime. (laughs) I love her in a friendly way. You better not love her, Doug. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I learned a lot. I mean, that puts me a little bit more at ease. It makes this whole home birth and water birth thing even more normalized, even though it is normal and yeah. natural. In my world, it wasn't. Yeah. And this normalizes it to me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I've never seen a water birth myself. Like I've never seen one Mm-mm. other than through like YouTube. I've never even seen a water birth tub 
yeah, actually I hadn't either. I just assumed, I mean, in my community hospital way back in the day, they had one. But anyways, yeah, it does. It completely normalizes it because women, like thousands and thousands and thousands of women have done this and have been doing this forever. And it's really not that abnormal. It's just that no one knows about it. They don't, I don't feel like no one even talks about it. No, but I did notice that posting on Instagram, whenever I mentioned the home birth, there are like hundreds and hundreds of comments from women saying that it was the most magical experience they ever had. It was the best experience. It was the best. These are women that would have a hospital birth and a home birth. And they all said this home birth was just the way that they would do it from here on out. Yeah, which is crazy because all I can think about is the pain. But I'm excited now. Like I I was scared and nervous at first, but now I'm like, I feel good. Like, And it's almost like a silver lining that's COVID-19 happened in the sense that I would have never tried to experience this I just would have never even thought about it because it just was never a part of my birth plan never part of my future it was never anything I wanted to do until COVID-19 came and thank uh, you (laughs) COVID-19 yeah no oh my gosh that's terrible (laughs) no way Uh, no but you know if you're trying to stay positive you got to try to find the silver lining of of bad things and this is my silver lining but yeah I want to catch the baby myself like I really want to like bring him up and pull him up to my chest and just love him and hold him and have that moment together just the two of us even though Doug sorry I mean have you pulled a baby out of someone before you don't really pull them well I know but have you caught a baby before with help of another nurse yes like I mean I've been in a lot of deliveries but it's never just like one nurse is in there catching a baby usually we're like hey guys this one is fully and she's pushing (laughs) the doctor's not here get in here with me right because we're we got a live one (laughs) yeah but anyways so I want to grab my own baby and I envision that and I envision it being beautiful and I could cry thinking about it and yeah, I and it's now be that awesome. we've talked to like Becca and the midwife and like I just am feeling very very confident about this so you know what I noticed too is that a lot of the videos that we've been watching the baby doesn't really cry during home births yeah they don't cry immediately yeah which is is a labor and delivery nurse you're like what can you do to make right. me cry you're like slap that baby no you don't slap him but yeah like you stimulate rub that baby's back like yeah. you know like tickle his feet like do something to get him to cry <laughs> The thing is, though, too, is that they don't cut the cord very quickly at all. As a matter of fact, my midwife says she waits an hour. Yeah. So if the placenta is still attached, obviously, to me, then the baby's getting nutrients through the placenta. So and they oxygen. don't have to necessarily yeah. cry and be vocal. And that's really good to know ahead of time, because if they don't cry, I mean, I'd be like, ah, 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 you yeah. know, I'd be like freaking out. <laughs> Because I'd be like, get this baby to cry. But anyways, all right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. We love you guys. Next week, we are probably going to come on and give you an update because we'll be 37 weeks pregnant. So I'm hoping that it's not an update saying we've had the baby. Right. We'll try to hold out for you. Yeah. We're going to do this podcast live while we're having a baby. That so is not happening. That'll I'm sorry, be the guys. next episode. <laughs> no, but we are sharing it on our YouTube channel. It's also yes. called Hot Marriage Cool Parents. And couples cam. Get ready for that. But stay tuned to everything Hot Marriage Cool Parents through Instagram. And if you stayed this long through the podcast, we love you. Yeah, and, we love you. Thank you for listening. And we read all of your reviews, especially the five star ones. We love giving you shout outs. So keep it up there and have a great day and love one another and wash your hands. Yeah. And don't go outside. <laughs> and also, we only give five five-star review shout outs just fyi wink wink we love you (laughs) Bye. bye guys